Welcome to the Authentic Church Podcast with Jeff and Fawn Peterson in Orange County, California, where our mission is simply to love God, love people, and live authentic. For more information on Authentic Church, visit us online at AuthenticOC.com. Thank you for listening. If you're new to Authentic Church, uh, we have a very simple mission, uh, and that is just to love God and to love people and to live authentic. We believe that when you do this well, Jesus is so irresistible that he will build his church. Uh, we are passionate, uh, like Fawn said, about the presence of God. We like to say we're a Bible-based, spirit-empowered, presence-driven church. What that means is we teach from the Bible, live by the Bible. The Bible is our compass, and, and that is our guide. Um, and so every time we get together, we're going to have time in the Word of God, and we're going to this morning. Um, we're, we believe in the empowerment of the Holy Spirit, that God's Spirit is still here, that He is healing people, setting people free. Uh, even as recently as this week, He is saving people and setting people free. And, uh, and, that, and the presence of God is really irresistible. When you come to the presence of God, it's like nothing else. And uh, I pray that you encountered God today and that we continue to encounter him through the preaching and the teaching of the word. I don't know about you, but it was a really interesting week uh, in my life. And I want to encourage you not to get so focused on what's right here. Sometimes you got to back away like I shared during worship. You need that 30,000 foot view. You need that reminder. And that we should not be surprised at some of the crazy stuff that's going on in the world. I, I said the other day, I'm like, it is so nuts right now, I would not be surprised if a pig flew past my car as I'm driving down the world. I'm like, what just got released? What, what, is, what is coming down from our government? Like, what? Like, I mean, it's just like, it's, it's just wild, you know? But in, 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 in John 10, Jesus said, he said, reminds of this, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. That's what he's done. That's what he's been doing since he got thrown out of heaven. He just came to steal, kill, and destroy. So he wants to steal anything that God wants to give to you. He wants to destroy anything that God's trying to build through you. And he, and he wants to do his, his best to get you off track, to get you frustrated, to get you mad, to get you anxious. Um, this past week, I, I saw a video uh, got sent to me from, there was a group of Christians that had gathered in Portland, Oregon, um, and we got family and friends that are in that area, and they were gathering together, and they were going to have a worship time, and somebody was going to give up, get up and kind of give a talk, kind of like what I'm doing this morning, and there was a group of Antifa that showed up there, and they showed up with pe pepper stray. Um, they started pepper spraying them, the, the children and the parents right there. Um, they were grabbing their speakers and throwing them down. And I'm watching this video, and my blood's boiling. Because I'm, I'm not really a passive guy. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm a little bit like, you know, go get my sword. You know, I'm a little bit like David, right? Like, show me. I, I'm coming, man. I will not back down from a fight, okay? I'm, you know, that, that's good or bad, <laughs> by the way. That's good or bad. I got kicked out of playing soccer in the state of Washington for the bad side of that, uh, which I won't go into today. Uh, but that could be good or bad. But I'm just not the kind of guy that backs down. But I saw the most beautiful, beautiful display of these Christians standing and still singing, still praying, still worshiping. And I'm like, man, that's incredible. You're so glad that I'm not there right now <laughs> because... I think I would have just went ballistic on them, you know, street fighter style, you know. But there's some wild stuff that's happening right now. 
And as Christians, we cannot be surprised at some of the persecution that's coming down the pike. Uh, you know, Jesus said, hey, look for some of these signs. <laughs> well, we're living in the signs, baby. Okay? So don't be surprised when stuff like that happens. Um, in our own church, I've heard stories this week, it was a pretty heavy week. I heard stories this week where some families would not be allowed to see their extended families uh, because they were vaccinated, or some that wouldn't be allowed because they weren't vaccinated. Uh, there was a dad that wasn't gonna be allowed to see his kids because he wasn't vaccinated or had to provide proof and different things like that. And where you stand on that, by the way, that's your own personal preference. I don't believe it's the church's role or my role to tell you what to do or what not to do when it comes to that. That's your own personal preference. And uh, I believe that there are certain laws like HIPAA laws that prevent people like me and anybody else from trying to ask you or demand that you tell us if you've been vaccinated or not. That's your own personal choice. So some people... <laughs> So as long as I'm the pastor here and you want to come to church, I will not be asking you for a card or anything like that. All right? Okay, so 1 Timothy 1.7. I want to remind us of this this morning. God's not given you a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and a sound mind. And even though the world may have grown darker this week, good news, Jesus is burning brighter than ever, and he's burning bright inside of you, and there's hope, okay? We keep coming together as the family of God, and he keeps showing up and adding to the family of God. And for me, like, Fawn said, like, I needed this today. I don't know about you, but I needed worship today. I need some time in the presence of God today. There's something so beautiful. And I love our church. I do. I, I met somebody, and they didn't know I was the pastor. And they, they said, hey, I, I was thinking about coming to uh, that authentic church. You guys go there? We said, yeah, you know. Uh, and uh, he said, well, I'm thinking about going. I said, well, man, let me, I'll, I'll be there. I'll make sure that I'm there, you know. <laughs> I can't wait for him to come in and be like, wait, what, you know. But I love this church, man. This church is like full of, you know, people that are just like, man, I mean, you, you're part of a church that planted in the middle of the pandemic. Like, you're, you're part of the church that started, did I say that? You're part of the church that, that started in the middle of, middle of craziness, man. Like, you're crazy for being here. Like, you're my kind of people. Like, I, lo I love that, you know? You're my kind of people that just says, hey, I'd rather be a wet water walker than a dry boat talker. You know, I'm okay with the unknown. I will, I'm fine with building an airplane in flight. Like, what are you doing, man? You guys are crazy, you know? And, and the Lord's just gathering more of us crazy people together. It's so beautiful, you know. I love our church and what God's forming. And this past week, it was so beautiful. We had the equipped classes, which if you missed last week's, don't worry. You can pick right up this week uh, and, and sit under Casey's teaching. I'm not kidding you. There's some people that preach the word, but man, Casey can teach the word of God and explain things that just make sense. And it's not just, oh, I'm smarter because I know this. No, no, no. You're, you're going to receive so much revelation. It will literally transform your life. And so we're having the, this class. And last week there was, there was a young woman that came forward for prayer. And she's visiting uh, her family that's here. And she's from Sacramento. And she decided to go all in for Jesus and be baptized on Wednesday night at the conclusion of the teaching. And that was Peja. Peja, will you just stand up real quick, hon? This is Peja. Thank you. 
Paige had just made the decision. She's visiting her family here, Alex and Sophia, who are part of the church. And she just decided to go all in for Jesus, and she's, she wanted to be baptized. And so on Wednesday night, she was going to be baptized. Her family lives up in Sacramento, and uh, her parents actually drove all the way down just to be here for that moment. That's, that's the wild community that you're a part of at Authentic Church. Radical, radical faith. In the apostolic church, there's four key foundations that you see in a thriving, growing apostolic church. And they were strong in the word. They were strong in the spirit. They were strong in community. And they were strong on a mission. We have a mission. And our mission is to take the light of what God is doing and burning inside you and inside me. And we go bring that torch outside of the four walls. Because he didn't call us just to get together and sing Kumbaya Jesus songs on a Sunday, okay? He wants us to go out and be a light. And as dark as it is outside, we're taking hope for the next few weeks as we're diving into the scriptures in Exodus. And we're learning about this young man, Moses, actually an older man at this point. But he was born into a pretty difficult situation. Uh, if you know some of the story, if you don't, I'm going to give you just a quick backstory on it this, this, this morning. But Moses is, is born in Egypt. So what had happened is the children of God, if you know the, the, the names of like Abraham, Isaac, Israel, those guys. So there, there's a nation that's birthed in, uh, in the land of Egypt alongside of the Egyptians. It's the Hebrews, the Jewish people. And God uh, begins to multiply them. They're blessed. Uh, their children have more children, have more children, have more children. And they had once a really good relationship with the Egyptians. They were, they, were, they were cool in the country together. And then at some point, a new pharaoh comes on the scene after 400 years. So think of it. America's only been around for 245 years. They were with the Egyptians for 400 years. And this new pharaoh uh, raises up and he says, uh, time out. There's more of them than there are of us Egyptians. So we better take hold of what's going on. Or else if war breaks out and our enemies attack us, these guys are going to overthrow us, and this is going to be their land and no longer ours anymore. So the Pharaoh, at that time, he ended up issuing a decree, and the decree went out, um, which is different than a mandate, by the way. Uh, so the decree went out from Pharaoh, and it was the law. And they had to go, and they were basically killing all the uh, baby boys in that area. And if a baby boy was born, they'd have to kill it, and they would throw the baby in the Nile. That's how gruesome it was. And, uh, and so uh, during that time, Moses was born. And he gets born into that, and his parents are like, what are we doing? This is horrible. This is a terrible time to have a baby. But they remembered where babies came from, and uh, they ended up having baby Moses, okay? And so his mom raised him for three months and then made a little boat and put him in the Nile and said, I can't watch, and hopefully there's going to be a way for him to make a way out. And Moses' little basket ended up going down river, and he ended up getting picked up by the Pharaoh's daughter, and she brought him out and, and had just had mercy on this kid and just fell in love with this little baby, like the one that's kind of whining in the back, which is totally cool, by the way. I got five kids, two grandbabies, so children don't mess me up at all. Um, so don't let them mess you up either, by the way. And so, so she sees this little baby. She has mercy on this child, brings him, ends up raising him in Pharaoh's house. So he gets like class A education and everything. And then time goes on, uh, and Moses ends up killing an Egyptian guy. Uh, was not good. He buries him in the sand, 
And then the next day, word gets out, and Moses is suddenly like, whoa, I've been found out. So he races out of town, and he flees to a land far, far away, and ends up going there, meeting his wife, has a family that gets started, and he's a shepherd. And while he's tending the sheep one day, he goes to the far side of the wilderness, and he sees a a, a bush that's burning, but it's not burning up. And then he has this encounter with God. And that encounter with God changes the trajectory of his life. And it says in, uh, down in Exodus, uh, if you're following along back there, uh, Exodus 3 verse 8, this is, this is the key scripture that we're going to lead into Exodus chapter 4 with today. Exodus 3 verse 8, God said to Moses, I have come down to rescue and that's God's plan. That's God's plan. That's in, in everything that you read in the Old Testament, it points to Jesus in the New Testament. In every book of the Old Testament, you can go ahead and take a look at it. And as you read through, I can take you through scriptures of every single book that points. It's like God is wanting all of humanity to know, hey, this thing that I'm doing here, this is going to be a type to give you an illustration, an idea of what I'm going to do over here with Jesus. This is what you see with me rescuing the children of Israel. This is what I want to do in your heart. This is how I led them out of Egypt. I want to lead you out of Egypt. This is what I did to set all these people free from oppression. I want to lead you out of, out of the oppression that you're in so that you can experience freedom. So what God does in the Old Testament points to Jesus and what he does in the New Testament. And so we're going to pick it up in verse 1 of Exodus chapter 4. Uh, if you don't have your Bible, no worries. We've got big Bibles on the screens next to me. Exodus chapter 4, verse 1. So God's having a conversation with him, and Moses answered. God's sending, sending Moses to the, to the Israelites. Moses says, well, what if they don't believe me or listen to me? And they said, the Lord did not appear to you, crazy guy. Then the Lord said to him, what is that in your hand? What is that? In your hand. A staff, he replied. And the Lord said, Throw it on the ground. So Moses threw it on the ground and it became a snake. And then he ran from it. And the Lord said to him, Go back, reach out your hand, and take that snake by the tail. So Moses reached out and took hold of the snake, and it turned back into a staff in his hand. This, said the Lord, is so that they may believe that the Lord, the God of their fathers, Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, has indeed appeared to you. Then the Lord said, put your hand inside your cloak, in verse 6. So Moses put his hand into his cloak, and when he took it out, the skin was leprous. It had become white as snow. Now put put it back into your cloak, he said. So Moses put his hand back into his cloak, and when he took it out, it was restored like the rest of his flesh. Then the Lord said, if they do not believe you or pay attention to the first sign, they may believe the second. But they're a stubborn people. So in verse 9 he says, But if they do not believe these two signs or listen to you, then take some water out of the Nile and pour it on the dry ground, that that the water that you take from the river, then it will become blood on the ground. Moses said to the Lord, Pardon your servant, Lord. I've never been eloquent, neither in past nor since you have spoken to your servant. I am slow of speech and tongue. And the Lord said to him, who gave human beings their mouth? Who makes the deaf or mute? Who gives them sight or makes them blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Now go, I will help you speak and I'll teach you what to say. But Moses is still freaking out. He says, pardon your servant, Lord, please. 
<laughs> send somebody else. Here I am, Lord, send someone else. Then the Lord's anger burned against Moses, and he said, what about your brother Aaron, the Levite? I know he can speak well. So Aaron's a talker. He's already on his way to meet you, and he'll be glad to see you. Verse 15, you shall speak to him and put words in his mouth, and I will help both of you speak and will teach you what to do. He will speak to the people for you, and it will be as if he were your mouth and as if you were God to him. But take this staff in your hand so you can perform the signs with it. Take this staff in your hand so you can perform the signs with it. When Moses went back to Jethro, his father-in-law, then Moses went back to Jethro's father-in-law and said to him, let me return to my own people in Egypt to see if any of them are still alive. And Jethro said, go, I wish you well. Now the Lord had said to Moses and Midian, go back to Egypt for all of those who wanted to kill you. They're now dead. So Moses took his wife and his sons and he put them on a donkey and started back to Egypt. And he took the staff of God in his hand. I titled this message today, What's in Your Hand? What's in your hand? I got this handy-dandy staff as an example. So Moses is out there. He's spending time with his sheep. God speaks to him. And he begins to question, I'm not the one. <laughs> God, you got the wrong guy. I don't know if you can hear me talking right now, but I do not talk that well. And the Lord challenged him. He said, Lord, what am I going to do if nobody's going to believe me? What, what do I have? And the Lord said, what's in your hand? He said, a staff. My question to you this morning is, what's in your hand? What do you have that God is simply putting his finger on and saying, you're asking questions. What am I going to do? I don't know how I'm going to do this. How are we going to afford that? How am I going to blah, 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 whatever it is. And you got all these concerns and you got all these lists of reasons why you might feel disqualified to do anything great for the kingdom of God. And God just says, What's in your hand? So we're going to take a look at four applications out of this passage of Scripture today. The first one being your staff. What's in your hand? You want to use what's in your hand to sow what's in your heart. Use what's in your hand to sow what's in your heart. Stop focusing at the things that you don't have. That's what Satan loves to do. He likes to point out all the areas that you're in lack. You don't have this. You don't have that. You don't have this. I was getting in the uh, car today with Fawn, and my day was unique. I, I, I ordered an Uber. We have a car that's coming, but anyways, it's kind of delayed. And so I, I, I take an Uber to get here early just to pray for a little bit in the mornings and then help the guys with, with the setup. And um, I'm literally ready to walk out my door, and my Uber driver takes off. I'm like, bro. You just left the pastor at home. Like how? Like, that's got to be somewhere in the Bible that's things you don't do, you know? <laughs> like, and he just like took off and didn't even give me warning, you know? And I'm like, stink. So I race upstairs. I'm like, Fawn, baby, good morning. I love you. Uh, you need to get dressed right now, and you need to take Pastor Jeff to the church, you know? She's like getting dressed really quick. I'm like, don't worry. Nobody's going to see you. And then, of course, we saw some people. <laughs> and, and, man, at that moment, it was so frustrating. I thought, 
Lord, I can't do this anymore. I need a car now. I'm like praying for my Jeep Wrangler. You know, I'm praying. You know, you're, you're praying these crazy desperate prayers. Lord Jesus, send the rain, you know. That kind of stuff. When you focus on what you don't have, Satan wins. When you focus at what you don't have or how somebody, the worst is comparison. Oh, my goodness, man. And Instagram just feeds that. It's one of the reasons I don't let my kids have Instagram. It's because it just breeds insecurity, right? When you're constantly comparing yourself to other people, it makes it really, really difficult to enjoy the stuff you don't have or the stuff you do have because you're thinking about the stuff you don't have. Anybody ever remember the time where you were just grateful to have a tank of gas in your car? Remember that moment? Remember that moment where you're like, man, I don't know how we're going to have food on the table this week. Remember how grateful you were? Remember, isn't it funny sometimes the things that you prayed for, that you fasted about, suddenly you're like, man, I'm so tired of this car. I'm so tired of this house. Man, I'm so tired of eating Chick-fil-A. One day we could finally eat at Red Robin. You know, like whatever, <laughs> whatever, whatever, where the fries are the most delicious, like manna from heaven, you know. <laughs> It's like, you remember those things that sometimes the things you, get pr- you prayed for that you come into, if you're not careful, we can get complacent about that stuff. But what has God placed in your hand? What's he placed in your hand? What's the thing? What's the thing that he's placed in your hand? Maybe it's a business idea that he's placed in your hand. Uh, maybe, 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 it's, maybe it's a relationship that he's placed in your hand. And he's saying, hey, I want you to stay close with that relationship. You never know what it's going to be. I remember we have, uh, uh, obviously, Mike Rovner, I told you about, coming uh, next week. I remember first meeting Mike. Uh, I was just newly married to Fawn. Mike was actually coming to speak at our church up in Seattle. Uh, I didn't know him. He obviously didn't know me. Uh, He was the featured guest speaker, speaking to all these marketplace ministry professionals in our church of about, I don't know, what is 6,000 people or so. And, uh, And I remember hearing the guy speak, and I'm like, man, I connect with that guy. And I didn't, I didn't pray a prayer. I didn't ask God, Lord, would you make me become friends? I just, that's the kind of guy I want to be like. Like the way that he lives his life, how he lives open-handed and generously, the way he runs his company, I want to run my company that way. And so time would go on and my wife and I would find ourselves in Ventura, California, helping to plant, helping some friends of ours plant a church. And there we met Jason and Nicole Edgman and uh, many others. And it was a beautiful time. And one of the guys that I met that walked into church one day Mike Rovner, and he felt like the Lord was leading him to be part of that church. Well, Mike and I would form a relationship and friendship, and he would take me under his wing, and, and, uh, and then he, he started kind of raising me up as a young uh, marketplace ministry guy in, in business. And, man, you just never know what that relationship is that God has in your hand and where it would bring you. Fast forward over 10 years ago, Mike and I met uh, in, in, in the church plant, and now we're close friends. We pray together every single week. He prays for you. And when, when we were forming the church, I wanted to have some men that knew me, knew my faults, knew, knew some of my failures. I wanted to have those types of men around me. And I remember asking Mike, would you be one of our board members for Authentic Church when we launched? And he said yes. And that all goes back to just a simple what's in your hand. What's a relationship that God has placed in your life? So the first area, the staff. What's in your hand? Use what's in your hand to sow what's in your heart. Number two, the second application I want to pull out is your hands. Now, the hand, when Moses is is talking with God, God says, take your hand, put it in your cloak, pull it out. Moses is like, ah! (laughs) You know, his hand's leprous, right? And God's like, put it back in. He says, okay. And he pulls it out again, then it's healed and whole. 
And he says, that's going to be a sign to them. The second application, your hand represents your testimony. Like with what God did in Paige's life this week, what God's done in your life, people need to hear about it. People need to hear about it. In 2 Corinthians, I believe it's chapter 3, Paul's talking, and he says your life is a living epistle. It's a living letter that people need to read. And I encourage everybody, if you take, when you take a step of faith, go tell somebody. I remember we were going um, through an online class with our kids, and we were praying, and we were, uh, my kids were there, and, and River was really praying earnestly for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And so he was praying for the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and as he's praying, uh, and suddenly uh, he was baptized in the Holy Spirit right there, and began praying and, and, and praying in the Spirit, and, and he, was, he was like, wow. And so immediately the instructor said, okay, now call a few friends and tell them what happened. Tell them what God did. And it was kind of like, you know, big, big gulp. Uh, okay. And so River gets on the phone with a couple of his buddies. I'm like, all right, dude, let's do it. So we're following the instructor's advice. And he, he calls and he tells his buddies, hey, man, I just want to let you know I was baptized in the Holy Spirit. And the friend's like, okay, that's cool. River's like, have you been baptized in the Holy Spirit, bro? <laughs> and he goes, what do you mean? He goes, I mean, like, have you been baptized, man? You would know it if you got it. <laughs> He says that to him. <laughs> and so it's like, no. And River's like, can I pray for you right now to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit? One of them said, I think, yes, I've been baptized. You know, so, you know, but just that boldness. You know, somebody needs to hear your testimony. There's something so beautiful that God has done in your life. Don't be shy about sharing it. Everywhere you go, share about what God has done in your life. We were down uh, yesterday, we were down in uh, Balboa last night with the kiddos in, on Balboa Island, which I love that spot. What a cool little spot, isn't it? And so we went down there, and um, somebody had blessed us recently, so we got to take the kiddos out for a fun dinner, and, and we were walking around, and, and uh, we, we ended up meeting this couple there and had a conversation with them. And, you know, people, they, they, they just need to hear what God's done in your life. And so we were sharing with them what God had done and the planting of the church and everything else, not believing that they're going to show up here one Sunday. And then afterwards, we're walking, we're walking away, and we run into this guy, Todd White. If, I don't know if you know him, but uh, Todd is really cool, great guy. He's got insane amount of videos on YouTube. Uh, and he's just bold for the Lord. Whatever the Lord tells him to do, Todd just does it in radical. And through the years, people have caught it on video, and he'll literally have a moment where there's word of knowledge that comes to him. Uh, about somebody's in their life and their calling. And, and, and so he walks up to somebody that's not saved, not in a church service, just dude on the street. And, uh, and he here's a share, hey man, I, I, don't, I don't know where you're at in your faith or whatever, but I, I just really felt like God put it on my heart uh, when I saw you there uh, that such and such happened and when you were a kid you went through this, blah, 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 blah. Is, does, that, does that resonate with you? And just grown men start weeping. People that just get touched by God so much, like, wow, God loves me so much that he just sent this dude to come and talk to me. And people that don't have a relationship with Jesus, and they come to know Christ. So we're walking down. I see Todd. He doesn't know me, um, but I know who he is. And so I said, Todd, hey, what's up, man? And he's looking at me kind of like trying to make sense of like, who are you? How should I know you? You know, and uh, it, which is always difficult when you run into somebody in ministry outside of, you know, their normal congregation. They're like, I feel like we should know each other, but I have no idea. And so we get to talking and then afterwards we're about to walk away. And he said, hey, uh, your daughter, um, what was her name, Brighton? He goes, yeah, I have a word for her. And so he brings Brighton over and then he shares a word with her. 
um, that was so beautiful. I won't share it. Brighton can share it some other time. But it was so beautiful and uh, in confirming of some different things in her life. That's just making yourself available, sharing a testimony of what God has done in your life. And I love that Todd is not shy in sharing his testimony of what God's brought him through. That's really opened up a lot of doors to minister to a lot of hurting people. There's things that God is even putting his finger on, I believe, right now in the service where you're saying, I need to call that person. I need to share what God's done in my life. They don't know that I've made a change. Uh, Peja, coming to Christ, there's people that need to hear your testimony, girl. There's people that are going to be set free when they hear your testimony. Don't be shy about texting, calling, sharing the testimony of what God's done in your life. Luke 8, 39, Jesus uh, has this incredible encounter with this guy, demon-possessed guy, and, uh, and he casts out the demons. The guy is totally set free, and he tells him, he says, return to your home and declare how much God has done for you. And he went away proclaiming throughout the whole city how much Jesus had done for him. Your hands is your testimony. The third application we're pulling out of the story today, out of the text, is the helper. The helper. God will send you a helper. And in Moses' life, God sent him Aaron. And I believe God is sending Aaron's around this community of faith that he's building here at Authentic Church. If you'll allow them into your life, they'll help you. If you'll allow them. Uh, my good friends Rudy and Tanya over here, they run a, a counseling ministry called Breath of Life, and they minister in, in uh, churches all throughout Southern California, and the most challenging thing for a counselor is, will you be honest with me, like really honest, right, and will you let me help you? Nicole Edgman, who's sitting over here, she also has a counseling ministry called Embrace Ministries. She, she's been running that for years and helping women out of really difficult situations. And she helps, helps them brave their brokenness. She has a book out as well. You can get it in Barnes & Nobles. Uh, she speaks at conferences all around. She just got back from a speaking engagement uh, this weekend to be here with us. But in helping people brave their brokenness and share their stories. There's something so beautiful that happens. God will send you helpers, and he's sending you helpers all throughout this congregation if you'll let him. In John 14, 26, John 14, 26, Jesus says this. He says, the helper, the Holy Spirit, the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father's going to send in, in my name, he's going to teach you all things and bring to remembrance all the things that I said to you. The Holy Spirit is your helper. We need the Holy Spirit. Somebody said, do I need the Holy Spirit to go to heaven? And the answer on the meme was like, brother, you need the Holy Spirit to go to Walmart right now, okay? So like, <laughs> yes, we need the Holy Spirit. So you have your staff. What's in your hand, right? You need your staff. The staff, that thing that God's given you, some unique abilities. Everybody's a 10 at something. Somebody says, I don't really feel like I have a staff. You do. You do. There's purpose attached to things in your life that you think is mundane. The staff to Moses, man, he'd been walking around with sheep, hitting them, telling them, go this way, go that way. He was just, this was just the staff. But then it became the staff of God. Your staff, your hand, your hand is your testimony. The helper, God will send you helpers in the form of people, and he's sending you the Holy Spirit. The fourth area is the journey. God is telling you to prepare for the journey. In other words, saddle up, partner. It's about to get nuts. It's about to get wild, all right? And I love it. That at, the end, at the end of the scriptures here, 
in verse 20, it says that Moses, he, he, he takes his family and he saddles them up on the donkey, his wife and his boys. And, and, and then suddenly it wasn't just the staff anymore. It says that he took the staff of God in his hands. Before it was just the staff. But now it's a staff of God. Before it was just a thing that I did. But now I'm doing it for the Lord. Before I just kind of went to work. But now I'm working as unto the Lord. What, what, what is it? What's in your hand that God can use to help sow what's in your heart? I just want to encourage you today. The journey, it's a journey. Going through Egypt, and we're going to unpack some scriptures here over the next few weeks. It's mind-blowing what God has done for these people and mind-blowing what God is doing in our midst here. But I want to encourage you to take heart. Some of you, you might have walked in here today. You felt a little down, maybe felt a little bit beat up, maybe feeling a little bit anxious, maybe frustrated. I'm not saying that you don't have good reason to be frustrated. All that stuff is real, and there's an aspect of a a holy indignation that rises up inside of us. Like when I shared about that Antifa group attacking Christians, where, you know, we're going to have to bow up. You're going to have to stand, and we're going to be here to stand with you. If you're going through it, we're going to go through it with you. If you're crying, I'm going to cry with you. If you're believing for healing, I'm a believe for healing with you. If you're standing in faith, I'm standing in faith. If you're hurting, I'm a hurt with you. But I can tell you we're going to be better together as a church. I want you to know you're loved. I want you to know that God is for you. He's given you the mind of Christ. He really is. He's changing the way that you view and see people and situations. He's changing perspectives. It may not feel like he's there, but he's there. It may not feel like you're going to get through it. I'm telling you, you're going to get through it. You're going to make it. You're going to use what's in your hand, and it's going to sow what's in your heart. You're going to be bold in sharing what God has done in your life. You're not going to lean on your own understanding. You're going to lean into the Holy Spirit. God is sending you errands. He's sending you helpers, and he's sending you the Holy Spirit. If you'll just pray and ask him, Lord, give me your Holy Spirit. Like River prayed, you're going to receive the Holy Spirit. I want to encourage you, embrace the journey, don't lose heart. Joshua 1.9 says, have I not commanded you? Have I not commanded you to be strong and courageous? Don't be afraid, do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. 1 Corinthians 16.13, be on guard, stand firm in the faith. Be courageous, be strong. Romans 8.31, what shall we say about such wonderful things as these? All these wonderful things that the Lord is doing. If God is for us, who can ever be against us? God is for you. You're gonna make it. He's placed the staff in your hand. You got a testimony that someone needs to hear. He's sending you the Holy Spirit. It's going to be a journey, but you're going to make it. I'm going to invite the worship team to come up now, and we're just going to have a moment of prayer. If you don't mind, just maybe closing your eyes, whatever prayer looks like for you this morning. Sometimes I can see better when I close my eyes and pray. My perspective shifts. God, I thank you for your word. God, I pray for strength for your people, God, today. God, I pray, God, that you would help us to be strong, God, like we read in those scriptures today, the reminder, God, that you would help strengthen your people today, God. God, I pray for courage just to fill the hearts and minds of every person in here. I command anxiety to go. 
I pray faith would rise up. God, that our, we have good things ahead of us. And even when the world gets dark, God, I thank you that the, the light of Jesus burns even brighter. Lord, I thank you. Thank you for strengthening, providing for your church and for your people. Jesus, we, we lean into you today. Would you show us? Show us what's in our hand. Show us what's that, what's that thing that's in our hand. I thank you for the healings. The healings of the hearts and the minds and the souls in this room. Thank you that you've rescued us. The greatest redemption plan. That you're the redeemer. You're the redeemer. You're the redeemer. The word redeem. The word redeem literally means to, to buy back. It means to cancel out a debt. Sometimes you get into situations in life and things have piled up against you and you don't have the strength, you don't have the money to pay that debt. And this, the greatest debt that we get freed of is the debt, the debt of the sin. That at any moment, no matter what's gone on, no matter what we have done, that we can turn to Jesus and say, Jesus, would you just forgive me? God, I blew it. Would you just forgive me? Would you... Would you put my feet back on that solid rock? Would, would you take me out of this mess that I got myself into again? And Jesus is so loving, gracious, and kind. Whenever you pray that prayer, he's right there with you. He loves you so much that he'll take you just as you are, no matter what's going on, no matter what you've done. But he loves you too much to leave you as you are. He wants to fill you with your, His Holy Spirit today. So this morning as we end, if, if you need a fresh touch of the Holy Spirit today, if you need some strengthening in your spirit today, we're going to sing another song. Kara's going to lead us in that song, God, I Look to You. And we're going to have the prayer team come up front. So right now, if we could just all stand, and if you're part of the prayer team, if you could please join, us, join me up front. We're going to have a time of prayer. Fawn told you earlier, times of refreshing come in the presence of the Lord. We're going to pray for the presence of the Lord to meet you. We're going to pray with you. We're going to stand with you. If you're in a fight, we want to fight with you, not against you. We want to fight with you, all right? My shield is your shield, all right? My sword is your sword today. If you're going through a situation with your job, we're going to pray that that situation is going to turn around. If you need a job, we're going to pray that God's going to miraculously provide for you and your family. And if you would stay, stand here today and you'd say, you know what, I don't know that I have a relationship with Jesus. I want to come back to him. I did at one point, but I just don't know. If that's you, can you just raise your hand? I just want to pray a prayer of faith over you. If you need to give your life to Jesus today, just lift your hand. Amen. I'm going to lead us in a prayer. You're going to pray this prayer out loud with me, and the whole congregation is going to pray it as well. And then afterwards, you're going to come up front, and I'm going to pray with you personally. But I'm going to lead you in a prayer of salvation. It's the greatest, greatest prayer you could pray, but God doesn't want you to just pray a prayer. He wants you to experience full redemption, transformation, and that comes through repentance. 
Repentance is a fancy word. It just simply means I'm turning away from the sin that has held me back, the sin that I placed ahead of God, and I'm turning to God. It doesn't mean we'll never sin again. I wish it did. (laughs) It doesn't mean I'm never going to sin again. It just means that I'm turning away from, from a life of sin, and I'm turning to Jesus. I'm surrendering my life to Jesus, so I'm going to repent. I'm going to turn away from those things. And God calls us to repent and be baptized. And it would be our honor to baptize you. So I'm going to pray this prayer of salvation, and we're all going to pray it as a congregation. And if this is the first time you've prayed it, I believe that God is going to meet with you in a real way. Just pray this after me. Lord Jesus, come into my life today. Free me from sin. Forgive me for all that I've done. Wash me clean. Make me new. And give me the strength to stand. Jesus, I pray right now that you are the Lord of my life. Come and be my Savior. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Baptize me with your Holy Spirit. And that I may never be the same again. In Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Amen. If you prayed that prayer for the first time, welcome to the family of God. Uh, I want to encourage you uh, that it doesn't stop right here in this moment. Uh, Every one of us needs a pastor, and I would be honored to be your pastor if you would allow Fawn and I the privilege of doing that. And I want to encourage you to be baptized. It really is transformative. As many in here can attest to what God did in their lives when they were baptized. I look around this room and I see so many people that God touched and changed and were baptized and went all in for Jesus. And I wanna encourage you, we're gonna have a time of prayer now as Kara sings this song. I just wanna encourage you to worship. And if you need prayer for anything, go ahead and come forward today. For more information on Authentic Church, visit us online at AuthenticOC.com.